to be about something I advocate for strongly in our community, which is home ownership. Let me start off with a quote by Franklin D. Roosevelt. This quote states, <clears throat> Real estate cannot be lost or stolen, nor can it be carried away. Purchased with common sense, paid for in full, and managed with reasonable care, it can be about the safest investment in the world. Now, I was reading this book by Booker T, and it said back in the day, late 1800s or so, if you did not own $300 worth of property in the South, you couldn't vote. So, homeownership. And land has always been an important commodity before our society was created. Um, I would argue before capitalism, because they're they're not making more of land. They're not making more earth. So when you can get you some of that, you win there. So I want to tell you a little bit about myself, um, about how to acquire real estate, the pros and cons of renting, the types of financing, the types of property, very briefly, because I have attention, like, I can't pay attention, like, for a long period of time, I'm so sorry, but, like, a five-hour podcast can't do it, I'm trying to keep this under 20 minutes at the least, so let's get into it, all right, my name is Average Stokes, like I said, I am a college dropout. I attended George Mason University. Um, after that, I became an office manager for a dentist. I did that for two months. I quit three minutes before I got fired. Long story. I'll talk about it in another episode. Um, <laughs> um, after that, I became um, a music producer producer intern at house studio dc for almost two years um that was really fun it was uh, aligned with my passion but um it wasn't paying and sally may was calling my phone literally like three times a day so i was like oh i gotta make some money so i became a bartender i got a bartender license did that for a little bit but my manager was a coke kid he was still in 70 80 percent of my tips so I used a little bit of money that I was getting to get my real estate license. And it's been looking up ever since. There's a lot in between that. But as I said, we got to keep a short on me. All right. So um, getting my real estate license only took two weeks. It was a nine to five class, two weeks straight. Passed the state exam. Then right after that, I um, took the federal exam. And I became a real estate agent with Weikert. Um, real estate has really opened my eyes up to a whole different realm that I was not privy to growing up. Um, I've learned a lot of things in terms of financial stability and the importance of owning homes and multiple properties when it comes to developing wealth. It's another quote by uh, Andrew Carnegie that states that 90% of millionaires become so from real estate. So 
when, I feel like when you grow up in a certain demographic or in a certain tax bracket, millionaire status is like a it's like a dream. It's like one of those things like Hollywood, like celebrity is not like something that seems that it's within reach, but it's very much within reach, especially if you're young, if you plan, if you invest and you treat your money right, it's definitely possible and it will happen. So homeownership. When I uh, qualify for a mortgage, I got denied by six banks. Bank of America denied me, BBNT, Wells Fargo, as many banks as you, all those SunTrust, all those mainstream banks denied me. Um, I was working as a um, office manager for a church at the time, and one of the um, the members of the church was a, a mortgage lender for Mortgage Master. Dot com. It's the second largest um, mortgage company, online mortgage company in the country. I know Quicken does loans too. At the time, my mortgage was 580, 640, and 650. At the time, in order to qualify for a mortgage, your middle score had to be 640. But because of the housing crisis in 2008, a lot of banks could not write mortgages for people who made lower credit because they got in trouble. So they, the, most of the banks said that your middle score had to be 660 or your average score depends on the bank that you're working with. So, yes, I uh, was able to get a mortgage with them. Um, I was making 23000 a year part-time as a church, doing working at the church. Um, I was not able to use my real estate earnings at the time because you need two years of tax returns for each income that you have in order to um, qualify for a mortgage. There's a lot of things that um, you need. They need to see how much capital you currently have, your credit. Um, your debt to income ratio, all of those things matter. So I would say if your goal um, is to get a home in the recent future, to get a home before you buy a car. And the reason I say that is because if you get a car loan at a certain interest rate, which probably will happen if you're a certain age or you have a certain credit score, that's going to affect your debt to income ratio. So if you get a home and you just get a used car, something $4,000, you know, off Craigslist, a little putt-putt that could just get you to A to B until you get a house. And then, you know, I just think it's a better investment to buy used cars. Um, I did the the buy purchase car thing, got a car repo, just not for me. <laughs> so I just think it's uh, more secure when you have a used car, but it's up to you this these are just suggestions, um, something you can take mental notes of. These are not, you know, demanding commandments that you must do. You know, it's not that deep. All right. So um, I was able to get a mortgage with that um, credit score and that um with that income, like I said, $23,000 because I had two years of tax returns with that income. Um, you, how, they, how they qualify for how much home you can purchase is usually three times your annual income. So I was making $23,000 a year. Multiply that by three, the max um, home I could purchase was 68000 Now I'm from D.C. Now tell me what in D.C. you can buy for 68000 Nothing. So, um, and being a real estate agent, I can see 
all the property that's available on the market in D.C. anyway. And for 68000 you can get you a parking space in DuPont Circle. Like, for real, they sell parking spaces for, like, 10000 I've seen the, the most expensive parking space I've seen on the market is, like, 100000 Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so um, I was like, I could also see Baltimore in the real estate system. So I was like, oh, damn, Baltimore got properties for, like, 39,000. I had a friend, James. He's from Baltimore. I remember me, uh, him and Naomi was smoking hookah. He was telling us like back in 2013 because he's from Baltimore. And uh, he went to school in D.C. He's like, yeah, Baltimore got houses. They selling whole blocks for 10000 I'm like, no, they not. And put them up on Craigslist back then. They were really selling blocks for like 10, 20, 30, 40,000 in 2013. But now the same people that was doing that flipped them. And they're selling each individual house for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000. So, um... Yes, I was able to get a house in Baltimore for 39900 Now, let me um, break down some numbers for you. So, I was able to get an FHA loan. I'm going to talk about more of the types of financing um, in a second, but I'll explain what an FHA loan is first. It's a federally backed loan for people that are seemed as more at risk to default on the loan. You only put 3.5% down, but you have to pay... Um, a little fee along with your mortgage until your um, how much you pay on the mortgage is 20% of the loan. So for 3.5% down on $39,900, only had to put down $1,208 in order to purchase my home. Also, Baltimore has a lot, the state of Maryland in general has a lot of grants for you to buy homes. The commuting, the community Building, hold on, I'm sorry. The I, I believe it's the Community Building Development. It's the CBDG grant. I was able to get that grant with the Southeast Development Corporation. It's on Eastern Avenue. It's a nonprofit. There's plenty of nonprofits. NACA is one. I'm pretty sure you heard of them. They are legitimate. These nonprofits give you a $99 home buying course, which lets you know about the entire home buying process and I even learned things and I had a real estate license so it is really helpful once you pay that $99 get a course they you call and you book an appointment and um, they check your credit your income your pay stubs and all of that and they let you know what grants you can qualify for. I qualified for $12,000 worth of grants because I didn't really use a traditional lender. The lender I use only could take $5,000 of those grants because the grant is actually a silent second mortgage, which... Um, it, uh, it it operates as a, it's not a loan that you pay. It doesn't build interest like the regular mortgage, but the stipulation on it is that you have to stay in the property for five years. It goes down um, $1,000 every year until, you know, you're in the property for five years. So there are stipulations with these grants. Um, so I had to put down $1,208. That $5,000 went towards property taxes and closing costs. Closing costs are usually 2 to 7% of the purchase of the home. Um, so the... The grant covered all of that. I didn't have to put down anything for close. I didn't have to pay any closing costs. 
Um, and the money that was left over is about a thousand dollars left over paid for the first few months of my mortgage. My property taxes have gone up since I moved in my home in November 2015, but my um, mortgage initially was $392. So I was making $750 every two weeks at the time, despite my real estate income. Um, so that was very doable. Now, I believe that owning a home is, um, much more like in my line because I, my parents lived in Petworth, um, the cheapest one bedroom in the area that I could find at the time that I thought was suitable was $1,800 for one bedroom. So, you know, first, first month security is $3,600. So I was like, ooh, $3,600 for a one bedroom apartment or $1,200 for a three-bedroom house in a city I never moved into $1,200 as a quote-unquote down payment and $392 a month. It was a no-brainer, you know. I could slip, fall, break my ankle, get fired, and still come up with $390 somehow. So I felt that was more aligned with my, um, with my financial situation. Now, let me use this segue to talk about the benefits and the pros and cons of homeownership versus renting. So renting, you know, pipe burst, call the landlord. If they're not a slumlord, they'll fix it. You know, there, there are benefits to that. You get trash collection, you know, they, they shovel the snow. When you own a home, all of that's on you. You got to cut your grass. You got to, that pipe burst, you got to fix it. Um, there are warranties out there that can protect you from that um, home warranties if all, any appliance breaks. It's like $600 a year on average, you know, if all appliance breaks, they'll come and fix it or replace it. Um, you can buy certain assurances to protect yourself, but that is a con. And um, I have been reading certain literature that says, uh, you know, home ownership isn't really as cracked up what it used to be. Because if you live in D.C., but you get a job offer in Hawaii, you're stuck in a 30 year mortgage, which isn't necessarily true because you can rent the house out. But I mean, I want to lay that out as a con so you can understand, you know what the pros and cons are. But when you buy a home, there's something called equity. So homes usually increase in value. If you buy in the right area in the right time of the market, it's going to increase in value. And of course, it's an investment, so there's risk. But life is risky. You you walk out the door, you might get hit. That's risky. So, you know, I say just take those things into account. So, um, I moved in my house. It was worth thirty nine thousand. It's been three years now. It got valued at seventy two thousand. So I'm already up in equity minus the amount I've already paid on my home. So I'm already in the profit range. Now, the reason why home equity is important is because um, there's this book I've um, read called Millionaire by Thirty that advocates that you purchase a home and then you do this. You take out a loan against your home using the equity. That's cash value. You can actually take out with a loan called home equity line of credit. You go to the bank, get that. They give you up to 75 to 80 percent of the equity in your house. And it's like a bank account. Your equity is like a bank account. And they advocate that you use that equity to purchase another property, rent it out. And then you use that rent money to pay off that mortgage and your current mortgage. And then you do that six times and that's how you become a millionaire. And it, it makes plenty of sense. But 
I don't really like operating with a lot of loans. I know you you might need loans to make money. I understand that. But I want to operate much on the cash front as I possibly can. Now, the other types of financing are conventional. Conventional, you have to even put down 10 or 20%. You don't have to pay that extra fee of mortgage insurance if you default on a loan because, you know, usually you have to have better credit and you're putting down more money to get a conventional loan. Um and then there's VA loans, you know, a uh, VA loan is usually uh, for military. You don't have to put down nothing. Your credit has to be okay. Um, so if you're in the military, you know, you probably already know about that. Now, owner financing. I know some of you know about owner financing. Um, owner financing is when the owner operates as the bank. So let's say I've I purchased a property using owner financing before, and I'll tell you why I don't really advocate for owner financing, but it's still an option if you find the right situation. So what owner financing is, is you and the person that owns the property agree on the down payment and the monthly payments and the terms, just as the bank does. But if that person does not own that property outright, you're relying on them to pay that money that you agreed to pay the monthly for the property to also pay the loan. Now, let's say they're irresponsible. I know this happens to uh, people. I know somebody that this happened to. Let's say they're not paying that money to the bank, they, you know, I don't know what they're doing, going to the casino, eating out, not doing what they're supposed to do. Let's say they're doing that and, you know, the home actually going foreclosure, even though you agree to an owner finance to for the property to be owner finance. So that's not like really in your favor. When you have a bank, you know, there's more legal stipulations in place to protect you as a consumer. Um, but that is an option. Then you have rent. With the option to buy, which is basically you renting, and then when your rent payments equal to either 10 or 20% of what the down payment of the home would be, you have the option, which is a choice. You have the option to buy the home. You could choose yes or you could choose no. Um, rent to own is a little different because you're renting with the, you're, you are going to own. Like, you know, it's, it's for sure you're going to own it. So it's the same thing you rent until your rent payments equal 20% and then you agree once at that time, then you would um, secure financing for the home to pay the landlord to get the property. So those are um, in our area. If you live in DC, Maryland, around PG County, those could be harder to find. Rent to owns could be harder to find because the market is so competitive. It's usually more so in um, rural areas, but that's not to say that it doesn't exist because it does exist. All right. So another thing I want to talk about is the types of properties and ownership. So you have single family homes, which is like your row house, um, the houses that aren't attached, you know, might be some space. Those are single family homes. All right. You got multifamily homes, multifamily units, duplexes, which is. Um, you know, two units, like a big house, but it's split in half. And, you know, one person can live on one side or one family live on one side, one family live on the other side. Um, you have condos, which is basically an apartment. You have a co-op. Now, co-op is interesting. A co-op is just like an apartment building, but instead of owning the apartment, you own a share into the building. So think of the building as a company and you own a share into that. So co-ops have the ability to um, 
you might call it like discriminate because they have like, you know, they come up with their rules and their culture of their co-op and they can say, you know, they choose. You have to be chosen by the co-op organization to move in. You just can't buy a co-op and move in like you could with a single family home. There's like stipulations on that. I don't know if anybody remembers, but Jay-Z, I believe, was trying to purchase a co-op somewhere in New York and they didn't approve of him because they said that, you know, they was afraid that he was going to have all these crazy parties and they said he didn't really fit into the co-op culture. So um, he couldn't purchase it. So Fee Simple. Fee Simple is when you own it outright. These are the types of ownerships. I talked about the type of business. Oh, I forgot one. Sorry. Townhome. Townhome is basically a townhome and like, you know, those cutouts in the suburbs. Um, I believe that single family homes is the best investment because condos, condo fees are not regulated by the federal government. So, you know, um, I'm not saying that, oh, your condo fee can go up $300, but it's riskier saying that, you know, you want to live in a condo long term. Your condo fee is currently $200, and, you know, 10 years from now it could be $800. You have to think about those things. And usually condo fees, you know, utilities might be included sometimes or, you know, it, it involves trash pickup and snow removal and all those things. So there is a benefit to that. But I would advocate for single family homes in terms of home ownership and um, equity and appreciation than I would over a condo, a co-op or a townhome. Townhomes, too, because townhomes completely rely on your home selling if that area is popping so you know like townhomes could be like in suburb cutouts and if that area isn't popping then your house won't sell when it's time to sell I always say think of property as getting to it as a flip even if you plan on living in it for long term think of it as a flip because it is an investment your first house is not your dream house. Your first house is your starter house. Your second house is your, okay, I'm, I'm coming up house. Then your third house is your dream house. So you're supposed to be sitting in the house, maintaining the house, doing work, property, maintenance, you know, do little renovations so you can sell it for more, getting the equity out, using the equity to buy a bigger house that you can afford doing the same thing and then using that to eventually get into your dream house. So that's a three-step process. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, So when you think about purchasing a property, I want you to pay attention to location. Location is important. But we spend a lot of money wanting to live in a certain area that's close to work. And I've read something that said, don't live that's close to work. Live that it's going to afford you the best quality of life. Sometimes that might be an hour away, and I understand commute is something. But, you know, a house that's bigger for less does mean something. You know, um, you're supposed, they said like the average person or how they calculate how much you're supposed to be spending on your mortgage or your rent is 33% of your income, but, you know, sometimes people will go up to 40%. But if you're spending 50% of your income just for your rent or your mortgage, I feel like you're in a dangerous area, and I'm pretty sure you know that already because things will be kind of tight. So I would say I would strongly advocate living in an area where the price of living is lower, even if it means traveling. I've been in Baltimore, and I work in D.C., 
for two years. Um, one year I was driving, the other year I was catching the Mark train. I made that sacrifice, and yes, the Mark train was costly, but even with my travel expenses plus my mortgage, it still wasn't equivalent to what I would be paying just to live in D.C. Still, Metro is expensive just to get around in D.C. and Uber. That, that adds up. So I, I, I would strongly suggest try to reach that 10 to 25% of your monthly income. Try to focus in that for your rent or your mortgage so you can really, really, really have the room to invest. Because how you get to the next step is investing. So important things I want you to have because I'm wrapping this up. Mortgagemaster.com if you're thinking about a mortgage. You can easily make an appointment with a person at a bank. Don't be scared to go to a banker and say you want to see you wanna you wanna apply for a mortgage. And even if you're just doing it for fun or you just wanna see your credit score, a banker will allow you to let will give you the steps and tools what it takes to get to the next step. They'll let you know, oh, you this, you need to do this with your credit. You need to do that. I did that. I had a banker sit down and tell me, you didn't get approved for a mortgage. I had that happen to me twice um, as in a sit down. Uh, you know, I didn't even get that far off the other banks that declined me. But he let me know what I needed to do in order to qualify for a mortgage. And in six months, I was able to get a mortgage with another lender. So don't be scared, okay? Reach out to me if you have any questions. I know a lot of you probably know um, a bunch of this information. I hope it was still um, helpful. Um, even if it's one person listening, I love you. Um, but most importantly, um, this is just to spark something in your head so you can get to the next step. Um, I wanted to start off slow for the first episode because I don't want to, you know, be dropping heavy heavy eggs on people's head and have them confused i want to start as a you know just a little crack just a little dip in the toe of the water and what financial literacy and being financially stable means well thank you so much for listening have a peaceful wonderful rest of your whatever day week month year life (laughs) see you next time bye